How soon until your place explodes? I know, it's gonna be fire. It's May 5th, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 43, and drinking straight from the piss bottle, I'm Abel Kirby. And sinking all de mayo, I'm cold acid. <laughs> Woohoo! We got a little uh, little bit of a different jam on the on tap here today. How do you like that? Yeah, this so, is smooth. Yeah, maybe too smooth for us, I don't know. I'll let that play out. I got another one for the end of the show, so if you enjoyed that, stay tuned. <laughs> Your two favorite. Oh, sharks. we're not gonna we're not gonna have our uh, our old lady who lay down and died anymore. Well, I don't know. She might come back, but she did lay down and die. Um, I so, know. You know the best Such part. A shame. What they say about rare encounters: the best part of the show is the beginning, and then the best part after that is when it ends. Oh boy, I think it loops. I don't know. Maybe I set up the loop. Oh well. Well, that's going on. I got. Hey, well, there it goes. I just pulled the fader down. <laughs> I've got, um, that shit might go through the entire episode. I don't know. We'll find out. What I have, though, is probably the best beer in the world. Oh? Yeah. According to the back of the can, it's a uh, Carlsberg Danish-style Pilsner, and it has a date on it, 1847 onwards. And uh, they'll go open up. It's a little aluminum can. And I had one of these already. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, there's my. I just have water today. Yeah, it's the end of an era. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this forty-two episodes in a row? I always had a pre-show burrito. Today, because of the because the COVID lockdown nonsense, that means like you can only have so many people in a place. The burrito place that I go to was just too damn crowded, and so I had to go to drive-through for a burger instead. Ah, it's terrible. Yeah, terrible. Forty-two stuff. episodes in a row. Every Wednesday, a burrito. Yeah. Until now. Indeed, and I know the the buzz around the community is that we're getting divorced, and I just want everyone to know that that's not true. Yeah, we're not getting divorced. Oh <laughs> uh, no. Let's. I was gonna see if you wanted to go to that low hanging fruit first, which is uh, everyone's talking about this, the Bill Gates millennial. Oh, I already divorced. did that for. I already did that for. Uh. Another podcast. Yeah. And the, I'm uh, sure you were listening on Monday to Hug Story. Yeah, I caught... Well, I wasn't listening on Monday, but I, I caught the uh, recording earlier today. Uh, I got most of the way through. It was episode 157. I'm sorry, that was uh, episode 180, Dr. Logger. And uh, I didn't get through the whole thing, but yeah, they had a surprise call-in from Bill Gates. Yeah. They also had uh, topics such as World Press Freedom Day, which that was kind of fun. That's as far as I got while I was on lunch break. But we do have. Well, that's not too bad. We have some some clips of uh, of Bill Gates. We actually have the the fight between Bill and Melinda. Oh, did you hear? Yeah, this is a rare encounter exclusive. Play it. Yeah, here we go. Out of my way, woman. Bill. Yeah, is that? No, no, not the glasses. No, no. no. <laughs> I never liked you. Yeah. Down. Yeah, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, all right. Low all right where's fruit. that actually from? Oh, that was from I Steve. <laughs> with uh, ah. this is the Steve, the first Steve Jobs movie. I, we played that shit on here before. We played it like episode two. I just, I didn't even clip a new thing. I just went back to the bin. Man, that's so long ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, forty three episodes, like, man. Forty one weeks ago. We've got a not. It's hard for me to remember what I did forty-one days ago. I'll tell you what. Let's wait until uh, let's wait until we hit the one-year mark before we pat ourselves on the back. I think it's bad form to to do it too soon. Yeah, no problem there. Yeah, if uh, I remember. Well, we're talking about podcasts. We also had Grumpy Old Ben's back on uh, Monday, episode one fifty-seven, streaming Satoshi's, and uh, that was fun. I listened to that uh, earlier uh, this week. Did yep. you uh, catch that at all? They had. I think the story- I, caught, I caught some of it. I caught some of it. Unfortunately, I'm still having like constant work meetings during the day, and so my live listening has really taken a hit lately. Yeah. It's uh, that that's my thing too. I, I don't listen to anything during the day, unless maybe I take a break. I'll listen to one or two things once in a while. But uh, yeah, they had a they had a topic on there. I just thought was fun. Actually, they too I thought were just hilarious. Very typical where we have the uh, um. 
Florida bill where the social media platforms are uh, are what is it? They're uh, stopping social media platforms from banning politicians with exceptions for Disney, which is uh, what just, social networks does Disney own? Um, I'm not sure how that's going to work because I don't think they have anything except what Disney Plus. But anyway, and that's not really a social network. The, that's just a streaming service. The point is that they basically wrote it to the law. Well, if you operate a theme park with so many, uh, with so much, uh, I forget what it was. It was like something about it. And they, they said, oh, it basically it's a carve out just for Disney. It's like, oh, come on. That's so fucking typical. Florida, man. What do you expect? Yeah, Florida. Ah, well, let me see if Nick the Rat, well, I'm doing the update. I was going to put in a, a bit for Nick the Rat and, uh. I think he's doing some Cinco de Mayo thing tonight. I presume so, maybe with Mayo. But I couldn't get that for, for real because he uh, Discord started blocking me uh, from going to his uh, server without uh, or going to his channel without verifying my email. And since I just mashed my keyboard to put in a fake email every time, uh, that didn't work. So I couldn't get in. And so now I don't know what's going on anymore. That's Discord for you. It's probably because they consider Nick to be too subversive. And so now they're like, we need to know the identity of everybody who talks with Nick the Rat. No, you wouldn't love We're going to trace you through the sewers. You wouldn't want to let some unknown, scare, you know, some person without credentials into the dark sewer. That would be terrible. Yeah. And anyone could just go in there. Ah, oh, well, fuck Discord. I don't like that. Uh, fuck Discord, yeah. I really don't like their service at all. And I don't blame you one bit. Yeah. I went and uh, canceled my uh, my one account there. Uh, I don't know, late last year. Well, we had the the Bill Gates divorce thing. But we were, that's not even a topic. Um, I was doing some little bit of research about the area that I'm in now. I said I'm in Ellicott City, and there's a there's a, the old B and O railroad runs through. Uh, I think the original line was from here to Baltimore, and. Uh, it sounded like they were putting it at a time like they were opening the Erie Canal and, and they had a bunch of trade going from New York out to uh, out, you know, because what you could do is you could get from uh, New York City up the Hudson River and you could go through the Erie Canal to get into the lakes and then trade with everything that you could access through there. And they all knew that was a huge deal. Um, and all the states were trying to figure out how they were going to open the West, how they were going to open the trade route that had to go through their port uh, to uh, to get their uh, you know, if they get all the traffic going through their their port, then they can, you know, collect all the fees or whatever. It'd be good for them. So, you know, they, they were starting a bunch of railroads. And I think it was right around that time. There's some pretty cool, uh, some history I was reading. But one of them was that the um, original railroad, which runs through, I think it either ran through this city or it went, it might have actually ended here. Um, they used to have a bunch of mill buildings that were up and down the river and they... Uh, ended up being bought and sold by a bunch of different people, including one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence is kind of cool. Um, but they had uh, the the Hood family at one point owned this. And it it looks like what they did is they ran the they ran the railroad line right over the graves of these people. And I don't I'm pretty sure that wasn't uh, in reverence for them. It was like, hey, there's a grave here. Uh, OK, we'll run the <laughs> we'll lay down the rails anyway. Yikes. Stuff like that. So maybe that's maybe that's the source of some of these ghosts that are supposed to be around here. Just like the uh, family disturbed by the, the railroad desecrating their graves. They get woken up every time the uh, nine o'clock rolls by. Damn. Yeah, that would uh, that would definitely piss off the ghosts. Yeah. And there's other little bits of local news. I was in because we had uh, Casey on here last week. Um, thanks mm -hmm. again for Casey for coming on. It was fun as always. The, yep, uh, definitely had a lot of fun having her. Mm. I was looking at some New Hampshire news, and there was an alpaca farm fire. What? Yeah, I put a picture in the show notes. There's not much All to right. the. Uh, there's not much to it beyond well, it just burned down. But I didn't know there were alpaca farms up there. Now you know. Yeah, so it burned down a an apartment. It looks like no alpacas or people were hurt. Just well, that's things. good. Yeah. Last thing anybody needs is a bunch of. Uh, bunch of like burned to death alpacas on their conscience right yeah speaking of ghosts man that's not one you want to see yeah that's for sure well on the cosmic plane of things we've got a couple of things going on today we had it's may day right yeah the the communist uh the communist new year right <laughs> and wait what day is cinco de mayo again as as uh 
I've heard someone say that in real life once. <laughs> wait, so wait, wait a minute. Of May? Which which I'm day? I'm not is, sure. Which day is Cinco de Mayo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's right in the name, buddy. It's like asking when's yep. the Fourth of July. Uh, the, yeah, uh, you know, and for nerds like us, there's uh, there's another there's another anniversary today. Mm-hmm. I saw this in your notes. Oh, I was gonna let you bring 60 it. Sixty years of Americans in space, huh? Yeah. So on May fifth, um, back in 1961, uh, we had the Mercury Redstone three rocket. I'm gonna pull up the little article. I should have put a picture of uh, of like the space capsule, but that was where Alan Shepard uh, went off and. He was the second guy in space. He was the first American in space. Um, but he was also a New Hampshire native, if I recall correctly. I think he Is was he? from Derry, New Hampshire. Let me take a look in the book of knowledge. Alan Shepard. Derry, New Hampshire. Yeah. And he went to, I think it was Pinkerton Academy, even. I don't know if that's a fact. I'm just remembering that. I think he did, which is a real old school that was up there. Yeah, it says that here. Shepard graduated from Pickerton Academy in 1940. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's one of those classic kind of what you might think of as like an old world kind of school. I'm sure it's the same as all the other schools are these days, you know, the way things went. But um, whenever I think of it, I think they have this really nice looking buildings and it almost looks like a place you'd, uh, I don't know, almost want to go. Fancy that. Total robe and gown sort of place, huh? Yeah. Oh, well, what do you got? What have you been up to, Cole? Besides missing burritos. Oh, besides missing burritos, uh, not too much. I've been I've been getting uh, interested in mod music again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've heard of this, like music tracking, um, mod music, or music modules. Yeah. These are. I I saw your toot about it, and I like I'm pretty sure that it was a. Uh... What I'm thinking of, where you would have like a, a synthesizer chip on board, like a game console or or some other computer system, and instead of playing a recording of a waveform, you would have a file, like a MIDI file, which is just a sequence of these different sounds. Or it would basically be a program that reconstructs the audio instead of having a uh, instead of having you know a recording of it. Is that well, actually closer? That, no, it's kind of. Like, there's no actual synthesis, usually. You have samples that get played, and, like, samples can be organized into instruments, or you can just, like, bend a particular sample by volume or pitch. Mm. And so, essentially, you'd be, like, a mod file would be the collection of samples that you're using, along with, a, along with like, a list of instructions that say when to play each sample, on which channel to play it on... And like various various other qualities for the sample playback, and it just strings it all together. Yeah, yeah. We that's that's what we would call a rompler, if if I'm understanding. A rompler. A rompler, and that's a kind of synthesizer. Actually, I have one over my left shoulder. Um, where what it does is it it has that same thing. It has a bunch of waveforms stored in memory, and then you can by selecting how fast you play through the sample, you can change the pitch of it, or you can change the volume by, you know, just multiplying each sample by some fixed amount. It, it, like a rompler, like read, uh, read only memory. They, okay. They used to make, um, like N Sonic made romplers and, and like even before game consoles were huge, you know, they had, a uh, a bunch of these things for keyboard, like the early digital keyboards were romplers, if I remember right. Okay. And <clears throat> so, so like PCM like PCM samples, right, is what uh the Commodore Amiga uh, polychip could play. Yep. And it had four hardware channels on it. And the Amiga's where where this sort of thing started off with. It's a lot of samples were made for game or a lot of these uh modules were made for games or made for made for like crack tros for games that were cracked. And well, that's what you—that's what you end up with, right? Yeah. So later on, uh, other systems were used that to stop doing it all in the hardware, start doing it in software, so you could have more channels. Yep. I have four, okay. You run out of four channels pretty fast. I mean. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Four channels—that's like the earliest tape. Uh, I think the Beatles recorded a bunch of stuff on four channels. So the I—I I think the idea was you could—you'd record four. 
well, I mean, you can't really do it in hardware. We're talking about four four channels on a piece of tape, but it was like you could record four at a time, so you had to kind of fit the band into four. And then when you did overdubs, you copy channels three and four onto channel one and two and record your new tracks on channel three and four. It was just kind of – and so you there was no master tapes because everything just keeps getting bounced over and, and overwriting itself. Wow. Yeah, some I would stuff. I would expect like – I would have expected that like the original tracks would be would be kept and you'd just be recording onto the new ones while the original ones play back, but you wouldn't be shifting them from one tape to the from one tape track to the next. Mm, I think there were systems where you could parallel different tape drives, but I think they they originally worked on a tape that had four tracks you could have on one piece of tape that would be in sync and then you had to basically deal with that. Whatever you wanted to happen, you had to make it happen on those four tracks. And later they came up with eight tracks and 16 tracks and everything. Um, yeah. As, as the we all know the eight track, all. or at least all of us who are like more than 25 years old. Uh, it, it's eight parallel tracks. The eight track was, um, <clears throat> maybe I misunderstood. The eight track was like a, a tape, like a cassette tape, right? That would play, it had a, it would play song one, then two, then three. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and th- what I'm talking about is parallel channels. So you have a wide piece of tape, and there's like four read heads on it. So they all read and write at the same time. Yeah, just all on different strips of the tape. Yeah. Man, I was I was doing some research. <laughs> I, th- I thought I might bring this up, but now I, I'm going to be forced to. I was doing some research for uh, magnetics. Um, I'm trying to make sure all my... Uh, my magnetic circuits theory is up to par before I try and uh, do a little presentation on it. And uh, I was reading about, like, <laughs> magnetic tape biasing. It's uh, kind of a cool problem that they had. It, it came up when I was looking at, um, I was looking at all, all kinds of cool stuff. It was like space weather, and the Carrington event, and all that kind of stuff. You know, like the Carrington event where they have the... Uh, the uh it was back in the 1800s where they uh, yeah when when you didn't need to have power to be able to send your to be able to send your like telegrams yeah. to another city <laughs> they, because the lines were already saturated with yeah power. they they had that that was great i found the like some original newspaper articles where they had a a guy in boston on the telegram he's tapping out da, 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 da. you know they're ta- tapping back and forth and he's talking to a guy in portland which i think is portland maine i'm pretty sure um, not Portland, Oregon at that point. And he's, uh, the, it just has the transcript of their conversation. He goes, well, try, we can't get anything across. Cause every time, sometimes it works and sometimes it does. He says, well, I just disconnected the messages. I just disconnected my battery. Can you hear me? And he goes, yeah, I hear you fine. He goes, why don't you disconnect your battery? And then it's like a wait. He goes, my battery's disconnected. Can you hear me? Yeah. They're going back and forth. Wow. This is great. It sounds better with the batteries off. Why don't we just transmit without batteries? <laughs> And uh, it's, <laughs> it's just this great, like, uh, conversation from the middle of the 1800s someone wrote down where they're, yeah, we don't, you don't need those thinking batteries. We got this space storm blasting the ionosphere. And so all our cables are energized anyway. So we could just hit the, the key on the telegraph machine and it just, it clicks, clicks with no battery. But. Yeah. Apparently the apparently the auroras during the Carrington event were so bright that you could read the newspaper from from that. Yeah. People were waking up in the Rocky Mountains. The miners were waking up and starting their breakfast because they thought it was already daytime. Yeah. There were a ton of articles um, referenced. I, I, I read a compilation of someone went back and they pulled all the newspaper articles and the boat, you know, like the ship's logs of boats that would see it and everything. And they, uh, a whole bunch of people thought there was a fire. That's what they thought it was. They thought, oh, dog, there's a huge fire across the horizon. Well, in a sense, there kind of was. Yeah. I mean, the event was caused by a solar flare. And what's a solar flare other than, like, (laughs) a chunk of burning sun flying around? Ah, you're going to make the mistake of, oh, what was it? Uh, They might be giants? Where they had the the sun's a big hot, or, or, what was it? A big hot ball of gas or something? They had to do a correction song because they got the physics wrong, and now it's the sun is a marasma of incandescent plasma. So they had to make a second song to make up for the fact they're uh, they're uh, yeah, it's not a hot ball of gas; it's plasma, which is a different state of matter. It's a different phase. True. True. No, yeah, I was looking at they had the uh, the Discover space probe set out at the Lagrange point, um, L one point. 
um, which is a space weather satellite. It's up there looking at um, the magnetic field at the, that's coming off the sun and trying to trying to sense it as uh, as it changes. And it also is like a proton detector. It's looking for proton. Uh, you know, uh, it's counting the number of protons that hit it to see if that number goes way up. Then we know something happened and all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, hold on, is that the Earth Moon L one or is it the Earth or the Sun Earth L one? Sun Earth L one. So okay, it's, so a lot further out. Oh yeah, it's like 250 million kilometers or something like that. It's way out there. Um, and the cool thing about it, it that I didn't know is that it doesn't sit at the point. Like when Lagrange points were explained to me, I don't know, maybe in a science fiction novel or something, I had this impression that the uh, um, basically what it would do is you'd put this satellite up at the Lagrange point and it would kind of sit still. Or not sit still, but it would be in one place, and then it would just kind of orbit around the sun. Um, but that's yeah, not, no, it, it it does like a figure eight. It yeah, it does ar- around the Lagrange point. Yeah. Um, uh, what is it? It's actually an elliptical. I I got the like the stats today. I went and looked it up. I'm, I was writing a little report on it to see if there was any good information there, and it actually has an elliptical orbit. And the reason they do that is because you could never talk to the satellite if it was directly in front of the sun, right? So what you'd have to do is point a giant parabolic antenna straight at the sun, and you'd never see the satellite. You'd never pick it up. So they offset it somewhere. It's it's like 4 to 15 degrees, depending on where it is in the orbit. So they, they do it so that when you point the antenna at the satellite, it, uh, you can actually see the damn thing. Yeah. It's a fun little thing. Fun science. I just put an interesting little animation I found on Wikipedia into the chat room uh, showing an example of spacecraft at the Sun-Earth L2. There you go. Oh, that's cool. It's like, uh, yeah. it draws a little circle. Apparently, that's an ellipse um, when you see it from the, uh, from the Earth's perspective. Yeah, but because just... when you're looking, when you're looking from, when you're looking from like the center point of the system, right? It become it becomes a bit of a different shape. No. So in the case of the in case of Sun Earth, uh, that would be looking at it from the perspective of the sun, or looking at it perpendicular from the sun. Yeah. So here is my my big thing that I took away today. I was looking at mag. I, I'm looking at okay, if the sun blasts a bunch of coronal mass out there, and we get a bunch of it, it starts arriving at the uh, at the atmosphere of the Earth. Then it induces these giant currents in the ionosphere, and those currents have magnetic fields, and those fuck everything up on the ground. So, what is the 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 precise thing that happens? This was a gripe I had for a long time. No one would ever really explain it to me. What's the precise thing that a magnetic field does to like blow up a transformer? And it's not just it induces a current in it. You know, we know that happens if you have a pipeline or a telegraph line. None of the telegraph lines burned up. I've heard people say that, but I couldn't find a single reference to that actually happening. There's one guy got a spark that arced off from it once, but it wasn't like the lines melted. They, they were using them. So what, what is it with transformers that causes transformers in Sweden to blow up? Or the, we suspect if there was a giant coronal mass ejection, then we'd have transformers all over the power grid exploding. And I got the answer. Um, the answer has to do with magnetic saturation. Which I didn't even know existed. It's like uh, it would, I guess, is a gap in my in my uh, education here. But they, uh, the idea is that transformers are ultimately nonlinear devices. If you think about a transformer, you say, well, I've got an AC current that goes in one side, and then some. It might be uh, a stepped-up version of it comes out the other side. Um, but still, it's still a linear operation. You know, I'm, I'm not doing anything nonlinear. I'm just multiplying by a constant, whatever the 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 ratio of the windings are. Well, it turns out that because you can only magnetize the the core, like the iron core of the transformer, so much, it has a saturation point. So what you can do is you can keep putting current into the primary side winding, okay, and the mag until it burns up, right? You can. St- you always get a magnetic field that just keeps increasing the more current you put it through. And on the secondary side, the more field it sees, you know, the the more current gets induced inside it. Okay, and that's fine. It's all linear. But at some point, the iron core, the uh, the cells inside it can't ba- be magnetized anymore. There's like a limit to how much of a magnet you can make out of a certain material. And when that happens, 
That's called magnetic saturation. I, I guess it's on all the spec sheets for transformers. Uh, I I just wasn't uh, aware of this. As soon as I read it, I said, "Oh yeah, of course. That's that's what would happen." But it's a uh, you know, my little discovery of the day. And so the idea would be that if you're running these uh, transformers up at a near the saturation point, you're trying to get as much current through it as you want. If you have a magnetic field around the transformer that keeps changing or gets really strong, I don't know, because of this coronal mass ejection, then it can start pushing it into the saturation point even though you know, you're know you not trying to do that. So it's like you start getting third uh, order harmonics and fifth order harmonics and stuff. It distorts the output wave and you know burns up, I guess. Supposedly they explode. Ah. Uh. From, well, uh, that's a bit over. Heat. That's a bit over my head. All I know is, you give some windings and there you go. Transformers and magnetic saturation. That, like, like you, I had never even heard of magnetic saturation before. So here's here's what I also found. The reason that I brought this up is because we were talking about tape. You know, it also has magnetic saturation. Tape. Tape. Yeah, tape. Ooh. And so there's a minimum amount of current that you need, or there's a minimum amount of field you need to flip a uh you know like a little cell of material flip the magnetic moment on the strip of tape just like there's a minimum amount of current you need to flip a cell you know the to to start magnetizing the core inside a transformer and so and there's also a maximum amount obviously there's a maximum amount of signal you can put on a piece of tape and that's an example of that same thing and so it turns out they had a bunch of different schemes they had to come up with back in the you know the mid-1900s trying to figure out how to get good audio on tape. They had to start, well, we've got to bias it, uh, and we've got to start, you know, paying attention to the signal as it goes on the tape just to make sure that uh, that they don't screw it up. And so they had, like, DC biasing and AC biasing, and, you know, it was all kinds of interesting, weird shit I've never even heard of before. And that was my... (laughs) There's me reciting uh, the stuff I learned on the Internet today. Just nerding out on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to hit that. There we go. Meanwhile, on the moon. <laughs> All right, what do we got for story? I've been rambling. I've been taking over this show. What do we got for uh, for topics here? Crypto cats and dogs. Woo! Or should I say scats and dogs? Scats and dogs. All right, so you remember the show Tiger King? I didn't watch it, but I do remember it. Yeah, I didn't watch it either, and but I do remember it because... It because I mentioned it was getting on other podcasts that we know of. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, one of the people who was in that show, a lady by the name of Carol Baskin, is launching her own cryptocurrency now in yet another one of these all but completely obvious pump and dump scams. <laughs> and it's dollar symbol cat. And I guess what she's going for is cat because she's using cat puns. <laughs> the, the article I've got just starts with Tiger King's Carol Baskin has described herself as purring like a bodcat rolling in catnip after launching her own dollar cat coin to rival Elon Musk and Dogecoin. Yeah. Okay, but what happens if you if you look at this, right? Dollar sign C A T. What does that look like? Wow, what does scat. it look like? <laughs> scat coin. Scat-coin. The scat cane. Scat coin. Oh boy. Uh, Big cat coin. Crypto cat currency. Yeah. What's caterpillar tractors have to say about this? I have no idea. I don't know if they've said anything yet. Hmm. But they're about caterpillars, not about cats. Well, it says cat on all their stuff. That's their branding, man. Yeah, but they're caterpillar. They're not. They're not felines. Nah. Nah. That's my sound I make when I'm annoyed. Nah. Also, that's the nah. sound. <laughs> oh, and she's going to be lo- launching an NFT in a couple of weeks. Oh boy, launching it where? Ooh. Somewhere far away from here. Hopefully. <laughs> man. Back when Bitcoin was new and I was first hearing about it, it seemed to have so much potential. And now look, all this, all that the cryptocurrency field is are like bullshit and scams. 
Um, we should not make- none of it has actually accomplished like what was set out in the Bitcoin wall uh, white paper on like what the goal was, which was to create like a new sort of digital currency that you can't you can't have central banks controlling. Hmm. We should really do like the alpaca coin. You know, alpaca like, coin. Yeah, like rare coin. No, we should do rare coin. No. As long as can it have an alpaca on it? It can have an alpaca on it. There will be one rare coin. <laughs> There's one. That will be the, that'll be the limit. Is it is it um is it something that can be uh broken into smaller pieces or is it just one? I assume we'd be able to break it into smaller pieces, but there would only be one. All right. I think in I, total. I think I can do this. Rare coin. All right, I've just created the rare coin. It's a file on my desktop. Right? We're doing this live. Okay. Oh, yeah. Coin. And I'm going to send it. Look, we're going to test our uh, our crypto system right now, live. And uh, I'm going to open up Skype. Here we go. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to send the rare coin to you. Okay? Yeah. There we go. Okay, it's there. Send. Okay, and now I'm going to delete it. From my computer, so I'm going to hit shift delete so it doesn't go to recycle bin. There we go. Now you have the only rare coin. When it, when it arrives. Yeah. Well, you know. Skype's taking its time again. The check's in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that it's tempting to make a copy of that rare coin, but just think about what would happen to the value of it if you did. It would go in half. So yeah. you, you need to hang on to that. <laughs> and, it, and if you spend it on something, you need to delete it and make sure that they do the same thing. There's only one rare coin. Exactly. Yeah. You can't have any double spends. That's just not allowed. <laughs> there we go. Rare coin exists. Woohoo! Oh, boy. Oh, we got Midas. We got Midas in the chat room, I saw. Uh, I don't see him. So. Yeah. There he goes. <laughs> he now declares rare coin to be worth a lot of money. He yeah. says a billion dollars for rare coin. <laughs> oh, take that, shit. Take that, Elon Musk. I just gave it away. Wait a minute. <laughs> You owe me a billion dollars. No, this I is, don't. You this... gave it to me. Ah, we'll settle this in court. Divorce court. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Melinda. <laughs> oh, dear. Let's see. What do we got? What do we got here? <laughs> oh, we got Midas. Uh, he's coming up uh, sometime this month uh, on the show as a guest. Do we have him booked? Yeah, he's going to be on the last uh, show of May. Yeah, so May- that is May 26. Yeah. Three weeks from now. Yeah, that should be good. You know, I've been listening to, uh, I, I'd listened to some of his podcasts before, Midas Pod mostly. I have listened to some Fun Facts Friday, but Midas Pod is a little more up my alley. And uh, I've been catching a couple of those. And so far, I'm liking it. I'm, I'm, uh, what I need to do is send an audition tape to him, and I can work on all my voices. I can do a real character, you know. Okay, you, you don't I love to listening to Fun Fact Friday because <laughs> because Midas and his daughter have like these great asthma voices when they're recording the show. Yeah, it's a fun episode. I listen to it when it comes out. Now I can't go back and listen to all the old ones though. As I've said before, I'm a dedicated non-completionist, so I just won't do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you do you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of, really did one over on myself. I got a... He has an IMDb page, you know. I have an IMDb page. What? Wait, so they give those out to anyone. Come on. Oh, well, why don't I have one yet? <laughs> I don't know. And he's even credited as a No Agenda producer. <laughs> Mine's for some uh, some music I worked on. The writing that I did, too. I think I still have one. I don't know. Maybe I got canceled. I wouldn't know. I could have been canceled and no one told me. But, I uh, wonder if Katawa Shoujo it has an IMDb page. It does. <laughs> yeah, th- like I said, they give them out to anyone now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be working on some more music soon. More like this: Dark Souls Three. Dark Souls Three. Is that announced or yeah. something, or is that something we're doing? I never no no Dark like Souls. I open on the Katawa Shoujo page on IMDb. I scrolled down to the more like this. <laughs> and the first item there is Dark Souls 3. Right, I get it. I get it. Cutaway <laughs> Shoujo. 2012 video game. Yeah, that was it, huh? 2012 doesn't... Oh, shit. It's going to be 10 years ago uh, next year. 
Yeah. That is bad. In like January 2022. Is bad. If I'm not mistaken. Or April. It was one of those months. Oh, well, it's such a tasteful game. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. yeah, video game released for January 2012. Speaking of terrible burns, I got some terrible burns on my hand. <laughs> oh, so I heard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was going to tell the story on here, even though it's not that interesting. I was cooking, and I have two, two pans that are identical. Um, one I was preheating because I was going to put some uh, some stuff in. Uh, I was going to make fajitas, actually. So I had the fajita meat kind of ready to go, and I was going to put it in. And I I was unpacking. You know, I haven't really figured out this kitchen yet. I'm still trying to. So I had the second pan, which looks the same on, on the uh, on the stove, and I forgot which burner I turned on. And so I was, oh, I'll put this away, and I grabbed the hot pan instead of the cold one. So it's not that interesting, but... Um, fortunately I only burned three of my fingers. It was my right hand and, uh, I've got calluses on like two of my fingers <laughs> because I, from playing bass guitar, you know, you, all you need is two fingers for that. And, uh, so I, I, those saved some of my fingers, but some of them didn't have calluses. And so it was kind of messed up for, they're better now. You know, it's, it was bothering me earlier today, but I'm just touching them all and they're not, not making me wince in pain anymore. So I think I'm all better. It wasn't that bad, but. It was kind of rough. That's good. It was kind of rough last uh, last evening. Makes it a bit difficult to play the guitar. Yeah, I tried. I I've been really meaning to go down and track some more things. So I literally I sat down and I picked like one or two things. I said, "Nope, I'm done. I'm gone. <laughs> I'll do this later. I can't do it now." Yep. Yeah. And there you are in the life of Abel Kirby, <laughs> burning himself in the kitchen, which, by the way, has gas by BG and E. You know what that oh, means? So yeah. how soon until your place explodes? I know it's going to be fire. <laughs> We're, they're going to hear these podcasts and they're going to uh, they're going to uh, explode me one day. And I can't do anything about it because I still have to bust open the lock to the stupid furnace uh, cabinet. I had to kill all the power to the to the um, control for it because the fan kept coming on, and that's the only thing I can do. It, 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 it's an indoor closet, but they locked it from, you know, and they don't give you a key when you move in. So it's like, oh, only our maintenance guys can fuck with this. Well, f fuck you. What if I want to fuck with it? What if I smell something bad and I want to open it up and see if something's wrong? You know, I, I smell something that smells like gas. And now I can't do anything about it. Uh, it sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Well, you your best bet is if you do smell a lot of gas coming from there is... Grab your most important shit and run like hell. Uh, yeah, Sir Bemrose, I'm going to, uh, I think I can get it with a, honestly, I could think I can get it with a credit card. I just haven't done it yet. It's not like it's a deadbolt. I think you can literally get in with uh, maybe a piece of wire or something. I just haven't done it. And I'm not going to use a crowbar. Just, just too lazy for that right now, eh? I, I, have, so, I have dishes in this box <laughs> on the rear encounter recording desk, you know? It's, uh, it's a mess. This whole desk has to move to the other side of the room, too. You know, it's just, it's, it, it feels like it's never going to end. Lots yeah, that's though. moving for you. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well. How about you? You've been in your place for a year, huh? Um, almost two years. Oh. I moved in here in near the end of June uh, 2019. Did you ever get, you were going to do something with uh, taking down a wall and you had the kitchen open up? You said one day, I looked up and I can see the kitchen through the ceiling, you know, something like that. Still can. <laughs> and that's the Rare Encounter initiative here. It's, it's not that I was going to be taking down a wall, it's that I'm putting up a wall. Uh, or will be, eventually, When you someday. feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile... On the moon. Honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with like the whole COVID thing and having to work from home. I do my eight hours a day and it's like, once I'm done that, I don't want to do anything around the house because I've already been working here in the house for, for the whole day. Um, when I get to work out of the office again, I bet I'm going to get a lot more stuff done around here. Yeah, I, I couldn't do that. I've never worked from home. If I had a job that made me work from home, I don't think I could do it. It's just not in me. And I, so I go to work every single day. I never stopped. I got a whole stack of letters that says uh, the police, if they pull you over, I have a whole stack of letters that say, uh, here's a bunch of important people. And they say, this guy, you should just let him go. So 
No one's ever bothered <laughs> me about it, but it's like, yeah, I got those in my glove box. Man, that having to have that sort of thing, that's such bullshit. This is supposed to be America. Well, that's Canada. Well, where you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be America. Oh, Unfortunately, sorry. I don't have I don't have the appropriate clips for that. <laughs> or I probably do, but I haven't dug them out of like the huge massive clips that Fletcher sent me. Was it that the was it Randy Marsh? Was it uh South Park? This is America, you dumb son oh, of a no, bitch. Fed smoker. I was thinking about the Fed smoker. Fed smoker. I like Fed Smoker. Fed yeah. Smoker, and the other one is, uh, I always go off, I like the Dr. Shine. I call him Dr. Shine, because I think he's like, um, I don't know, he's got a good bedside manner. It's like he's telling you what he's going to do to you. He's just explaining it, you know, so you're not surprised when it happens. Yeah. He looks, uh, it's a you, he just got, you just got to know, he's just got to dig in that booty. <laughs> well, he says, we're going to dig it, he, you know... He's including you in the process, which is what good bedside manner is. We're going to dig in your booty. That's what he says. Yeah. <laughs> it's... And he makes sure that people know what a banana split is. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, I see someone uh, mentioned Darren O in the chat. The, uh, yeah, like Darren O. So, uh, he's going to go to Dr. Shine. No, there is a guy in Chicago who, uh, he was a rapper named Sharkula. And he was a homeless guy who made like 17 albums and sold them on the street. Uh, Damn. I needed to bug. Uh, I need to talk about music with Darren O because I feel like there's some there's a conversation to be had there. And uh, But Sharkula, man, he does this stuff like stuff you've never heard. He just he riffs. He'll, he, he's never done the same song twice. And uh, he did some stuff with. Um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, Dr. Octagon Ecologist. What's... <laughs> that was his album. Uh, what was his name? Uh, he, was, uh, he was on The Prodigy. He had, uh, I think he did the lyrics on Firestarter or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, uh, Sharkula. He even has a move. So if you watch Sharkula videos, he has like his own special dance move he tries to do where he's... What he does is he puts his hands together, you know, like he's praying, and then he puts them on top of his head like it's a shark fin, and he goes, <laughs> Actually, he kind of makes that noise too. <laughs> it does it, Damn. and he runs around the park. Yeah, he's a like, really interesting guy. He's got a YouTube. Wikipedia page. Yeah, I saw that. He's kind of yeah. like from the, um, who was the guy who did Rock and Roll McDonald's? Um, and I Can't Drive. And I don't know. Oh, my God. And I Kicked Batman's Ass. He had a song called I Kicked Batman's Ass. He also had a song called I Kicked Spider-Man's Ass. <laughs> uh, it he was just goes around kicking ass, huh? The Wesley Willis fiasco. That was it. Yeah. That was a, a, another guy, and he uh, he did a bunch of solo stuff where it was just, I think he had the preset songs that came on his keyboard. And so what he would do is he would hit play, and it would play through, like, the demo songs on the keyboard, and he'd sing over it. And so he he made like ten songs, and they're all the same background music. And they were singing, he's singing about rock and roll McDonald's, and I can't drive, I can't drive. You know, he had all those great stuff. Then then anyway, a metal band picked him up, and they made him the singer. And so instead of the keyboard, it was like a legit metal group playing, and it was him just he would bring out a crumpled piece of lined ruled paper, and it had all his lyrics on it. So the metal band would just fucking jam. They'd be shredding. And he'd go up to the mic and he'd recite everything he wrote down. And sometimes it was in time and sometimes it was just, you know, it was two shows on the same stage. But uh, it was great, you know. You could get some videos Apparently, of that too. Apparently Wesley Willis was the, uh, was the inspiration for the Nullsoft slogan. It really whips the llama's ass? Yeah, because he did a song called Whip the <laughs> oh Llama's Ass. Oh my god, he did! I never put that together! <laughs> oh man man the book of knowledge is coming through today wow yeah the wesley willis the the, band, the metal band was called the wesley willis fiasco let me open this yeah the wesley willis fiasco that was good stuff i like it it's kind of like the brain dead monkeys which i play on the stream once in a while <laughs> yay. yay oh i keep turning that fader fiasco down. they toured with uh sublime they did what yeah Wow, this is crazy. It really whips the llama's ass from Winamp. Yeah, they took it from Whip the Llama's Ass. <laughs> this song, wow. 
Yeah, I mean, look Pretty at Pretty awesome, eh? I like that they call his uh, discography a partial discography, because we don't really know what he did. Like, there could be a lot of stuff. It starts in 1994, he released one, two, three, four, five, six, seven albums. Um... In 1995, he wrote, released 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 albums <laughs> with, uh, f- with titles like Fireman Rick, Rock Power, Dr. Wax, <laughs> Prison Shake. You know, Sharkula had, uh, had some, some good album covers, too. I think he had Martin Luther Jr., Whopper with Cheese, I think was his name, <laughs> one of his albums. Martin Luther King Jr. Whopper with Cheese, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, now we're in my weird music taste, like the weird shit that I like. It's all good, it's all good though. Can't fight. This is what you need, this is why you need to get the the stream running like 24-7, so <laughs> when we're not on it, it's like playing through all of this stuff. Can I? Can I tell you why I didn't do that? Because I couldn't figure out how to set up the the stream so that I can make it run twenty four seven, and then I could clock onto it and or you know I could I could get my butt I open up butt <laughs> the program butt and uh, it go to IceCast and for some reason it wouldn't fall back right when I quit and so I gave up just resetting it every time I was done because I don't need that aggravation yeah it's misconfigured you've mentioned this before it's misconfigured and I don't know how to configure it so I just gave up. Well, well, maybe Nodebit can help you with that. He, he he's the he's the streaming wizard for Hog Story. Uh, sure. Apparently, Sir Bemrose can too. Well, if you want to, if you want a producer credit on the next episode of Rare Encounter, uh, hit me up. And uh, what's my email, Cold Acid? As Abel, Abel Kirby? Kirby at rareencounter.net. Is that the true one, or is that the one I wrote down? Yeah, I think that's right. Hit me up on uh, that email address, and uh, that'll get forwarded to my real one. <laughs> I think. Yep. Um, yeah, we do a. Uh, it should. We do a uh, a show called Rare Encounter. It's at rareencounter.net. You should know. You're listening to it right now. We also have our uh, IRC room on irc.zeronode.net <gasps> in the room, Rare Encounter. And I got a question earlier of how you get in the chat room, and I have to point out that you need an IRC client. Or you need a um, uh, you do. web chat interface. and You can get to us through the No Agenda web chat interface, can't you? If you get to like No Agenda stream and then just type in Rare Encounter instead of No Agenda in the... As Slash the join space hash Rare Encounter is yep. one word. Yeah, that'll do it. So we're, uh, we're doing the value for value thing. We need to get our, uh, our value tag cooking sometime. It's I, we do. I can't do it. I was going to buy the uh, I have the Raspberry Pi. It's in the box over there, but I just can't set it up until I have little things like my kitchen squared away, you know, so it'll well, be a while if I do it. I've always been I've always been hoping that Sir Spencer would be able to hook us up because ah. he seems to be he seems to be like the big man when it comes to uh, streaming sats these days. Even more so than Adam. I think he's got it figured out better than Adam does. So when it, what would you want to do then? What if we, we said, hey, can you like set us up a channel and um, while we're figuring out how the hell we're going to deal with this, um, set us up, you know, basically a wallet that we can put our value tag and point to it and you'll hold on to it while we figure out how, what we're going to do. Because I trust him to do that. Yeah. He says, no way, lol. No way, law. <laughs> the other problem, is, the other problem is you need you need like a starting balance even just to receive money. Apparently, ah, that's not a big deal. And Whatever. what it comes out to is like somewhere between fifty and a hundred Canadian dollars. Oh, so it's like two or three American dollars. Bazing. Yeah. All right. Easy um. for you. Not so much for me. <laughs> I'll give myself a buzz for that one. Low hanging. This is the episode of low hanging fruit and stuff no one cares low about. Low hanging. <laughs> Oh, boy. Isn't that usual for us? <laughs> That's our slogan. Rare encounter. Coming here for low-hanging fruit and shit no one cares about. Oh, boy. It's, yep. it's speaking like the Oh, other. yeah, and we're going to start reading uh, listener feedback, huh? Uh, yeah, we are. Well, you put a note in saying that, saying that we are going to start reading right. feedback. The, the only problem, of course, is first we need the feedback to read. All right. I'll tell you what, if you send me an email at, uh, what is it, Abel Kirby at rareencounter.net, and uh, 
I'll read part of it on the air. Whether it's a small part or a large part depends on how good the note is. But, uh, but uh, yeah, if you send me something, I will uh, read it on the air. And fill time with it. Hey, it's a win-win. Woohoo! <laughs> Jeez, my other... My other topics that I have on my notes are about the fonts on road signs. <laughs> and I don't know if anyone cares. I don't know if anyone really wants to hear about that. I, uh, I could nerd out about that, but uh, given the amount of time that we've got left. Oh, I don't even know. Wait what I'm more interested in about is this thing with like the, the invading birds. Oh, tell me about this. Yeah. Um, this was hard to clip because it's all visual but I put the, the YouTube link in, and it was just a bunch of migratory birds, I guess, that decided to migrate straight down someone's chimney. And uh, yeah. it, it's just really wild to see them. So what they do is it was 15,000 birds invade a house through a chimney in uh, Torrance, California. 1,500. Uh, 1,500, you're right, yeah. Not 15,000. That would be crazy. Um, and so what happened was, that like, would be, yeah. the first bird flew down the chimney, and all the other birds were like, hey, that's what we need to do. And they flew straight down the chimney and straight into the house. And they had, uh, they had the residents were kind of freaked out. And they had, uh, like, the guy, I think it was the, the boyfriend of the, the woman who lives there. He's, yep, it took a couple days. Basically, I would go inside. I'd pick up two or three birds at a time. I'd walk outside and throw them. <laughs> They'd fly away. Um, <laughs> it, it's like they're hanging on the ceiling and they, she's just, well, we can't even, we didn't even clean up all the bird poop yet. And it's been a couple days. They're still working on it. It turned into a real mess. My favorite comment though, is, uh, there's a YouTube comment on the video that says, this is why you shouldn't play Jumanji. That was good. Oh man. It's the top comment too. Yeah. There you go. Ah, six. Yeah. yeah. It's the top comment now. Cool. The, uh. Just the whole, vi it's a very visual thing. You have to see it. It looks really fucking crazy. I I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to play it after the show. Yeah. You could probably play a couple seconds of this uh, video. Hundreds of birds. Uh, you won't be able to hear it. Never mind. You won't be able to hear it, but the rest will. So we'll just skip it. Audio woes. Audio whoa, woes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ah. We get the birds. We got some anime. Did you watch any anime? Yeah, I've, I've watched some anime. So I, I got to uh, episode two and three of 86. Of yep. the, the show called 86. And I'm digging it. Yeah, I caught up with... Uh, I didn't watch the latest one, which is four. Um, but it's plugging along. It's filling a hole in my heart where some of these... Uh, you know, like the... Uh, the Teenage Warrior anime where they have, uh, you know, mecha combat with... Um, some kind of quirky group of uh, of kids, not really kids, you know, like teenagers. They have the they have the melodrama, and they're gonna have to have all the other uh, mixed with the horrors of war and everything. It's and so it's basically like Darling in the Franks, kind of like uh, the way that went, you know, in terms of themes. And some of the some of the other shows, I'm trying to think of the other ones before that. It's been a little while since we had a show that hit these notes the same way, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's got it's got a bit of like. Uh... The Gasaraki feel to it as well, just like the just like the sort of like dark drama. Yeah, what's I don't know what Gasaraki. Although means. without although without like the uh, without like the the Japanese uh, folklore parts. What's uh What's Gasaraki? Okay, Gasaraki is like a like pretty damn old. It's it came out I think in the nineties or early two thousands. Oh, that's not old. And it was a. Uh, it was like a mecha show. Okay. So, um, just checking it out. Yeah, 1988 to 1999. And, Jeez. yeah, uh, military mecha and supernatural uh, show. So, so it's, based on this, it's based on this guy who, who operates the, this uh, bipedal weapon system is what they call it. Like a... Well, a two-legged mech, right? Yep. And, but not a, like the giant robot type, but more like the real robot type. Mm -hmm. And there's like some Middle Eastern war that's uh, that's going on between the between the U.S. and some made-up Middle Eastern country in the nineties. No and way. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
But anyway, anyway, so there's this there's this family incorporation in Japan that produces that produced this uh, this uh, mecha called Tactical Armor or TA, and there there is a pilot, yeah, yeah, okay. and so there, yeah. So the U.S. military has their own has their own uh, forces, their own their own mechs as well, and. When they try and take over, when they try and seize the capital of this uh, this country, they're going on war at. They're just like completely wiped out by by like this shadow force of uh, other TAs and some um, sort of bond between one of the pilots of those like one of those like shadowy organization ones and this kid who who's like part of the family that owns the company that's making. The TAs are uh, like they sort of they meet and start to like build a bond between them, and yeah, there's like weird there's like weird stuff like like no being used to like wake spirits that that like become become like sort of biological spiritual mechs hmm. that can be piloted as well. There's some weird flashback to like. Kyoto burning down after an attack from these sort of like oni mechs and Jeez. stuff. It's uh, so it's just like supernatural. It's actually a really, really yeah. interesting show. It was really interesting show. Did it ever get localized? Oh yeah. Did it have an English name then? Gasaraki. That was just called Gasaraki. Okay. Yeah. So original, the original English release was from ADV Films, which gives you an idea of. How long that? How long ago it was released? And then field. it was relicensed. Yeah, it was relicensed and re-released in 2012 by a division of Right Stuff. Yeah. Ba -ba -da -ba -ba. Oh, apparently there was a video game for the PlayStation that came out in uh, 2000 as well. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Vic, Vic Bignana was inside it as additional voices in the English dub. <laughs> Also, holy crap. Vic Mangina. Vic Mangina. You know who else was in it? Hillary Hag. <laughs> Our favorite from uh, Ghost Stories. <laughs> oh, man. I, I love her work. Everything she's in is ruined for me because all I hear is her character in Ghost Stories where she's like saying just ridiculous shit all the same time. So they tried to every time they cast her in some other role. And it, I hear her voice, and all I'm thinking is, "Drop the Krispy Kreme, Serpico." You know, he's, she's it's all the <laughs> stupid lines where she's ranting about abortion or something like that. You know, it's like if you took um, Matt Stone and Trey Parker and tried to put him inside a serious role, and all they did was the Cartman, you know, or the uh, the, the voices from the show. Yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't work. Sorry, <laughs> I can't not hear it. So sorry. So the guy who was behind this show. Uh, was Ryosuke Takahashi, who has also worked on various other real robot uh, mecha series for Sunrise. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what they are, but I definitely recognize his name. Um, oh, Blue Gender. Votoms. Yeah, Votoms yep, was Blue Gender. That was a huge one. I liked Blue Gender when it was on Cartoon Network. It was a fun one. Blue Gender. Flag. Yeah. Ah, well, now we're just reading IMDb. We've been on IMDb too much. I think we got to close the show. No, 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 we not IMDb. Have you heard about Flag? This was another one from him. Another mecha series that takes place in, like, wartime. No. Though this one, if I'm not mistaken, actually follows along, like, a war reporter. No, never heard of this one. No. I haven't seen it. I've only heard of it. And it sounds really interesting. It sounds like something that I would uh, I would definitely watch. So I'm gonna have to find I'm gonna have to dig that up from somewhere and and see what it's like. Maybe we can go all Prisma Ilya on it and actually watch it. Yeah, I I might <laughs> yeah, if I can find it. Uh, any last uh, topic or no? No, that's it. Well, yeah, I'm I'm out of shit to talk about. Yeah, that's gonna do it for our show. So, uh, yep. until next and a time. show it's been. Yeah. Well, this is fun. I always look forward to this bullshit. Every Wednesday. And, it's uh, a, It's a load of fun, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. 
Adiós. Later.